Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning into this special edition of the Nun Report. I'm excited to have back on a political commentator, a kind of a, a comedian, a host of Ungoverned on LFA TV and Captain Deplorable. Both of those are on, on Rumble if you want to check them out there. Um, he also does a great Trump impression, and maybe he'll give us some of that. I have a video I'm going to throw up of him actually doing his Trump impression with Trump while he's uh, while he's on the show here. So we're going to cover uh, a range of topics, including men and women's sports, social temperature, masks. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit of Vivek Ramaswamy, what he's up to, Trump 2024, the Second Amendment, all kinds of stuff. We go uh, last time, uh, I think it was last time he was on here was like maybe maybe May or something like that. Anyway, um, welcome to the show, a fellow MAGA patriot, Captain Deplorable himself, Sean Ferris. Sean, thanks for coming on again. Uh, like I said, I think it was May the last time you were on. Um, anyway, how's it going? Doing good. Doing really well. Happy to be back here. I see uh, since the last time we spoke in, uh, it was, I believe it was May, um, you know, your Rumble channel is exploding. I think you're over a thousand followers. Which is awesome. Yeah, man. I think you just posted that on Facebook. Your Facebook's been doing really well, too. Um, except for some of the games that they've been playing. And, and then what they did to you on X was yeah. point on my show. So do, it's do like, you, hey, you know, what are we doing here? What is going on? You know, I still am. Uh, I'm still paying for that blue. I can't get it off of that old Twitter account. It still hits my credit card every month at eight ninety nine or whatever the heck it is. I can't because the account was nuked. I can't go in there. There's a whole process you have to go through to get rid of it. And oh so short of uh, and the bank won't do it because, of course, they had permission to charge. And so it's become this $9 charge every month that I can't get rid of. It's, it's really irritating. That's I think terrible. I might have to, uh, I think I might just have to cancel the card, say it was lost or stolen and get a new one. Um, but then everything is connected to is going to, is going to go away. Right. Um, you got married. Is that right? Yes. Since then, since last absolutely. Time? Yep. Nice. Yep. So, uh, so that has changed. And uh, other than that, you know, we have a cat now uh, <laughs> and the more cat than is, one pretty um, soon. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know it. We talk about it all the time. Um, yeah, she's. Uh, we took her in. She was wandering around our complex, and she basically just walked right in and uh, took to us pretty quickly. And um, and then we started noticing some physical changes, you know. And uh, we said, "These this kind of looks like uh, what pregnant cats look like." <laughs> and uh, we took her to the vet. They did an X-ray, and there are what they're estimating to be four to six kittens on the way in about three weeks. Oh, so, boy. you know, we're going to have those and, um, and we're, we're excited. She's great. Uh, you know, we call her fiery, but mostly peaceful because like 99% of the time she's very nice. And then there's that 1% like last night, Brennan was just sitting down and she just decided she's going to bite her now. No, it was a yeah. playful bite, but it was out of nowhere. <laughs> so yeah. Weird. Cats, man. Cats are bizarre. Um, they are. I got my two, I got my, great. I got both my dogs here in the studio with me today too. They're my producers. And, uh, other than that, it's just me and the dogs, one man, Dan, I like to say, uh, so you're on ungoverned that's going well. That's your, that's yeah. your daily podcast, uh, for those that don't know. And then, uh, of course, captain deplorable. That's like every Wednesday night. Is that right? Yeah, we do this. Uh, it's called make America laugh again every Wednesday night. What I used to do is I used to go live and I still do it sometimes on TikTok. you know, China. Um, but I used to go live and we would do the whole, you know, basically improv the Trump stuff. And I was like, you know what? We should do at least one of these on rumble. Cause every time I would go on TikTok, they'd flag me for something. I right. didn't want to lose the account. There's 343,000 people there. I didn't want to lose it. So I kind of just have it there for distribution purposes only. But, um, you know, we go on there. We kind of 
we kind of just, you know, improv and they throw, you know, we random ideas in the chat that we just run with. We write in jokes and, and rhymes and a lot of really cool um, content has come from those shows, including uh, Adam Schiff's prank call, uh, Hurricane Hillary, <laughs> yeah. uh, the bad hombres bit uh, came from that. You know, um, a lot came from from those those shows. And it's funny because, you know, we get some other things like hey, do an auctioneer, do this day. And, and, and it's like, you know, it just helps get in the mindset of not being so political all the time right? right i mean obviously i'm a political guy I, I watch it all the time i talk about it all the time i'll post about it all the time but like when it comes to these funny sketches sometimes people are looking for less of that and more of just ridiculousness right yeah you know which like, is the, like the, Mo the mona lisa of mugshots did you do that on there too so the mona lisa of mugshots <laughs> actually was something that i came up with on a twitter space or an x space Someone was, you know, I was on there pretending to be Trump in a room full of, I don't know, 7,000 people. And it was like, mm -hmm. nobody's talking until until Trump comes in. And I messaged the host and I was like, you got to let me do this. It will break the Internet. And people went crazy. And we've done that a few times ever since. Um, but then, you know, somebody pretended to ask Trump questions. You know, you're having your mugshot taken. And I said, it's it's going to be the Mona Lisa of mugshots. And then I remembered that I went on to a TikTok live um, and and did it there and they were like you have to do it so it was one in the morning and i made the video and i couldn't post it then because it's a bad time to post so right. i had to wait till i woke up in the morning posted it and it just went everywhere very quickly um and that was yeah, yeah that's awesome. been the latest, big, big like, platforms really big, are, big platforms are retweeting that i don't know how many views it finally ended up getting but that was pretty cool um so we, a couple of things we talked about last time one was uh men and women's sports and so we can kind of update on that a little bit because i think that um uh this, this, we talk about Riley Gaines and what she's doing with her activism toward, uh, you know, against biological males and women's sports and in women's locker rooms, you know, having to disrobe in front of males and, and that sort of thing. And uh, she had a former teammate came out with a video just recently. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Paula Scanlon, who was also a swimmer on the Penn team, uh, ha has joined her in this crusade. And man, good for them because you and I, I mean, we can talk about it all day long and sometimes we do. But uh, it's 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 going to stop when the when the women decide that it stops, right? Yeah, the women have to be the ones to stand up and say we don't want to share our spaces with men. You know, it's like there's a time and a place for that, and then there's a time and a place where that doesn't belong. I've spoken to athletes, whether they're people local here who are very high profile uh, track athletes, so one of whom may be. Uh, participating in next year's Olympics in Paris. I mean, she does not want uh, men in women's sports. I mean, and that's that's just that. And we're talking about maybe maybe she'll come on the show. Maybe she won't. It depends on what's right for her, obviously. But, um, you know, when it comes to that, you just saw the uh, governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin. He just pardoned the father who was uh, arrested for standing up to the Loudoun County School Board uh, because his daughter was raped in a bathroom by a transgender, a trans yeah. woman, which is actually a biological man. And and this is the second time that this particular student has raped a female in the bathroom in a high school. Right. So, you know, they, they always want to talk about women's rights and we want to protect women. And then they can't define women, A, and the number B at uh, number B. Listen to me like Joe Biden. Number B, letter two. <laughs> no, it's, you know, uh, and then B, you know, they look they 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 will put men in women's spaces and act like it's totally okay. And my, my favorite thing to do these days is to basically compare both of those types of situations to the border. It's you don't know 
I understand maybe you want to be compassionate for some of the folks who are coming across the southern border, quote unquote, in search of a better life. Okay, I'm a compassionate person. I feel bad for people who are going through struggles. But, you know, if I see a zero in my bank account and it's not followed by, you know, commas and other larger numbers, I can't give to those people. Right. You know, I, you can't give what what with what you don't have. So they see these people coming across the border and it's like, oh, they're just looking for a better life and we have to feel bad for them. And we can. No, we don't have to take them in if we don't have the means to do so. The same thing with the, with, with bathrooms. Right. If you see a woman in a bathroom and a, and a biological man wants to go in there because let's face it, let's face it. He's confused about who he is and what his composition is and oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, you're putting other people at risk, and that's what's happening on the border. That's what's happening in bathrooms. That's what's happening in women's sports. And, you know, I talked about this on um, on Carl Higby's show on, on Frontline on Newsmax with Kay Smythe in one of our Culture Clash segments. The World Federation of Chess is actually one of the oh, – chess, the game, the board game, the strategy, right, is one of the only, like, world, I guess you can call it, sports that said women and men cannot compete on the same stage. Now, this is not a contact sport. I'm not going to get into the intellectual uh, advantages one gender has over the other because I really don't want to get you in trouble and I don't want to get in trouble either, um, <laughs> you know, but like th they've gotten it right. How come nobody else can figure this out? It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's when you when you look at it and, and I was, you know, I mean, I don't know what it is. Is it uh, I mean, there's obviously a mental issue there, whether however it manifests itself, you know, or whether they, uh, you know, it's a gender issue or they're looking for in attention because they're just insecure or uh, or maybe they're just freaking perverts, you know. And um, and I think there's a percentage of that, because like you said, with the border, uh, yeah, you know, some people are looking for a better life, but there are some people that are looking for better victims. And that's the criminal element that comes across. And and uh, and and there's no way that, you know, to sort the chafe out, really, unless you slow things down. You can't just let hundreds of thousands of people in every single month, month after month. About 30 percent of those are gotaways and uh, and not expect that, you know, some bad element is going to come through. And, um, you know, when you have men in women's bathrooms, when you have uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, I mean, young women, you know, aren't they? They're just. They're still developing. They're, they have their own issues, just like guys do. Um, they have their insecurities and their modesties, and they should be able to have a private place. They shouldn't have to disrobe uh, in front of a dude. You know, it's um, it's, it's just weird. Do you see that uh, that guy who the the court dismissed it? He wants to be in a sorority with with all these women. Yeah, and it, that's a problem. The... That's a that's an issue. You know, and again, it's not about like, oh, you're picking on this or you, you're not compassionate or you're not sympathetic. It's like, well, no, you're not sympathetic to people who just want their privacy. And again, it's, you know, when you look at the border or you look at the bathroom and I and I, the reason why I draw these two parallels, is I think, because they're very, very similar. The ideology that we're talking about, it's not that we hate people who are coming across the border necessarily. It's not that I hate trans people. I don't. I, I literally don't. I don't hate immigrants either. Um, the point is. You're, the point is by by having less security either over the border or a safe a safe place a private place for women you're making it easier for bad actors to gain access to their prey you're just making it mm -hmm. easier if you're not allowed to question why a man is walking into a women's bathroom if you're not allowed to question who that individual is coming across the southern border, you're making it easier for somebody who wants to do harm to gain access to the people who they want to do harm to. Like you just said, you make it easier yeah. for them to, to get closer to their victims. That's the point that we're all making. We're not saying 
all trans people are rapists. No, we're not saying all border crossers are drug drug cartel members or criminals or murderers or they're sick or they have some sort of virus or that you know or they want to you know co uh, cause the the downfall of the United States. That's not what anybody has ever said. And right. if they did, no. they're wrong. It's just that if a hundred people cross the border today, if one of them, if one of them is hell bent on causing somebody harm, that's too many. And he shouldn't or she shouldn't be coming into the country and shouldn't be given an open door to walk through and then use what do you use? They use the excuse of antelope migration. Yeah. That's that's fine. Antelope. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, they're suing the state of Texas to remove their buoy wall in the middle of the Rio Grande. You know, they sued Arizona as well to have them remove the containers they were using to try to complete the wall. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can't question nowadays. Uh, right. You brought it up. I mean, it's not just it's not just women, you know, and what is a woman? And, you know, should men be uh, hanging out with them in that manner in their private spaces or the border? Um, but you know, on, on social media, for instance, there's a lot of things you can't question. And I've, uh, had my, you, you know, about the issues I've had, um, on X and, uh, and recently on, on Facebook, which is unfortunate, but, um, I've, I've gone through and I, you know, there was nothing, there was nothing wrong. There was nothing misleading. It was, you know, I, I just, I have much the same content as everybody else, but it's almost like they'd suck you in and, and then, and then they smack you down and, and, you know, Facebook really did. I mean, they, they basically have taken me to a point where, um, I'm deamplified. I can't do anything except put stuff up and a few people see it. Um, and then those things are permanent. You know, they call it, uh, it's not even a timeout. You know, if it was a timeout, that's one thing. Or if I could say, Hey, what did I do wrong? Because I'm not intentionally trying to break your rules. Right. I don't want to be deplatformed. I like it here. I like doing what I do. And, um, and, but their their terms of servers are so ambiguous and so subjective and up for interpretation that they can pretty much capture you in anything they want. And, um, you know, with this election year, you're, you're going to see it get worse. Um, and, and as far as exposure too, I mean, you, you don't, you don't have any Twitter blue anymore, right? You got rid of that. So Twitter blue is something that, uh, when they hired Linda Yaccarino, I canceled. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, you have to look at, is it worth getting? Is it worth not getting? I know my account, if monetized, would probably pay for my Twitter uh, subscription. So I'm thinking about like, all right, so, you know, the biggest thing was back when I canceled it, I don't want to use Twitter. Uh, I don't want to use Twitter and have to pay for it. It's a, it's a free, you know, it's a free service. It's always been a free service. But my, my thing mm -hmm. was always, if uh, one of two things, and I think we talked about it briefly, if there are features that I must have. Like if I need to write 500 uh, words per post, which I don't do, I don't like to do. Um, if I need to conduct polls, you know, yes. um, which, which, which we were talking about. Uh, if I need to upload videos longer than three minutes, if, if, they, if they put some sort of very, um, you know, friendly to type of content that I like, immersive scrolling verti vertical video, and they make that a premium feature, then it's worth it. And if, if monetization, because I've listened to a lot of these spaces and I've listened to a lot of these discussions about monetization. Yeah. And if you look at Twitter blue or X premium, as they call it now, it's if you, if you buy it on the web and then you could use it across any of your, you know, if you have an iPhone or anything, don't buy it through the app stores, you buy it on the web, $8 a month, 799 times 12 is 96. You could, yeah. pro you could probably make that in one pay period on Twitter. They're currently paying very, very well. Yeah. They you are. know, um, and so the way I look at it is, 
well, I didn't want to pay for it to support it, but if I'm going to pay into the system and they're going to give me more, then I'm not really paying for Twitter, then they're paying me. So, uh, you know, we're looking at what it would be like. I, people are now, look, when, when Elon hired um, Yaccarino, I said, I'm done. But now he's going after the ADL, which is yeah. old. And I like that. So now it's like, I want to support it again. And that's the best part about not, you know, uh, buying the year subscription because then you can't just cancel it halfway through if they start to piss you off so it's like do i go back so we're i'm kind of flipping a coin on that right now um you know i'm leaning towards getting it back because i do believe that they have made changes to the algorithm specifically with replies where um where you were before will be further up you know the list over other people um you know not necessarily to support elon but hey let's see how much i can actually make off of it because mm-hmm. if it's going to pay for my subscription, then I'm not really paying for Twitter, am I? The answer is no. Then they're actually paying me to use it, and that's yeah. that's silly. I don't have to change my habits, and I'm going to wind up getting money every couple of weeks. So yeah, those ads are all over your it. those ads are all over your feed anyway, right? I mean, yeah, you, yeah. You, you scroll down your page, the ads are there. So uh, you know, you may as well you know get a get a, a revenue share from that if you can, um, right? For sure, for sure. And it, it was it, the ir- the ironic thing was the ADL came to Elon's attention as a more front and center um, because of the fact that she met with the dude. Right. And, uh, and then he's like, wait a minute. And and then the outcry from, and he does seem to, you know, when the larger platforms and when there's enough volume of people that are, that are, you know, he does seem to listen. And, you know, that's something that was never uh, with the old Twitter. So, uh, you know, some right. things have changed, I think for the better. And, um, you know, but except it's, it is super hard to grow an account right now. Generically it's, it's uh it, not like it was, you know, whenever it started 13, 14 years ago or whenever it was, right? If you want to grow an account right now, you got to be in replies. That's that's what I've been listening to. I've been seeing okay. people who yeah. have jumped in with a few hundred followers and within a couple of weeks just by being, a, they call them reply guys. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find some bigger accounts like 500,000 plus that you can tell have great engagement um, be in their replies, set your notification on and, and craft some funny stuff, get in their replies. You will grow your account very quickly. According to yeah. what I've heard, I, that's not how my <laughs> account grew. Mine grew cause I went viral a few times and then people came in and flocked in, right. but, um, I still like to participate in people's replies because Twitter is, they're trying to turn it into a more of a conversation app and not just a posting app, you know, right. People post and things get shared. They want conversations, which makes sense. So replies, um, likes on replies, author replies, a lot of those things are boosted pretty, pretty, pretty large, like pretty big boosts on, in the algorithm. I've been listening mm-hmm. to some of these spaces recently, and it's fascinating how much research has been done. And that's the other thing about X. I didn't realize it. X, Twitter, whatever. I'm starting to call it X now because other people are starting yeah, to do it. And that's what it's called. It is what it is. Um, but, you know, that's the one thing that that is about Twitter X that hasn't really been the case over the last couple of years is they're bringing back the uh, focus on conversation, which I like, even if it's people I don't agree with. I like, I don't want to tweet to an echo chamber. If I want to do that, I'll use one of our friendly platforms like truth, which I also love. I love truth social. I post on there all the time. I've loved using it. It's been a great experience, but I I do want to reach, you know, uh, other people on Twitter. And so you know, there's careful ways to do that and different tips and tricks to do that. But uh, mm-hmm. the number one way I've heard to grow accounts on Twitter, if you're starting new or with a smaller account, 
is just get in the replies and 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 sign up for premium because then your your replies yeah, get you know boosted up on the on the feed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and then that's I guess that's that's how I grew my Facebook account. Uh, generically was uh, just by being extremely active and getting a really a lot of engagement too. I mean, the more engagement, yep. the better. And I think that's that's a that's a good thing. Um, except there's there seems to be a lot more trolls on, on Facebook than there is on Twitter. Um, a lot, and, and and some of them are just stupid. But uh, yeah. the it, but speaking of, but on Facebook, so how do uh, how do we change that? Or is there is it even changeable? I mean, they're a private company; they can do whatever the heck they want, right? But it seems like they unfairly target conservative-minded, especially political conservative-minded uh, commentary. And it's uh, it you know it is what it is. I get it. That doesn't make it right. Uh, is there? How do you see that evolving? Do you see that ever changing, or or what? No, Facebook's going to be what they are. They're going to they're not going to change unless unless ownership uh, or leadership, if you want to call it, uh, if their ideology changes. You know, um, yeah. I don't see that happening. The way to change it, honestly, the way to change their behavior. Look again, I don't love Elon Musk, but look at what Twitter has done. I mean, by loosening the content restriction or content moderation restrictions a little bit and bringing some people back. Uh, they've kind of forced it to happen on some other platforms. Also, the payout, you know, Twitter being paying their creators led to Facebook implementing their bonus system and, and some of that. Right. Yes. So, you know, I, I think the idea here is to just go back to our principles of, you know, free market capitalism. If you're not happy with the product, make a better product. And it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, do you have YouTube? YouTube is still very ban happy with a lot of people and what they're not yeah. banning for election misinformation, they're banning for COVID misinformation or climate misinformation or, or something like that. Right. So, you know, and what, what do we have instead of YouTube that's growing at a rate like nobody's ever seen? We have Rumble. Yeah, and great. so many people are coming to Rumble and people are making a living on Rumble. I mean, it's, yeah. it's happening. So, you know, just if you want to change Facebook, create a competitor that threatens Facebook. Twitter does that. And, yeah. um, you know, you want to change YouTube? Rumble is a threat. Nope, they don't want to admit it, but they're a threat. They're new. Yeah. They're shiny. They're popular. They're going against, the, you know, they're, they're swimming upstream. That's how you change it. Just build a yeah, better product talk, and use and, it. And I talk about Rumble regularly. I mean, almost every single show because uh, it is a cool platform. And, and I think people need to uh, – more people – uh, I don't have a Rumble account. I don't want to give them my email. I don't want to sign up or, yeah, well, it's free and they're going to get your email. They're not going to spam you, but you know, that that's how you sign up for things nowadays. Um, well, you know, it's just, they don't have a lot of content. Well, yeah, they do. I mean, you can find anything you want on there, go on there and search. You can find dogs, cats, music, um, whatever it's, you know, generally, uh, even a lot of people on, on YouTube have a Rumble account as well. And they're still putting things out there. Um, so it's not just, you know, podcasts and political commentary i think that's a misperception that a lot of people get um you know from folks like us and maybe that's our fault to some extent but so i try to 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 let people know that hey man there's a there's a large variety there it's a it's a buffet you know take what you want and leave the rest yeah rumble's very diverse there's gaming there's uh there's everything and i still have a youtube account um i don't i you know i i post I, when i post a video i post it everywhere because i'm gonna post it on any platform that gives me the opportunity to post it because more exposure obviously is better than less exposure. So I post it everywhere. 
I've, I have, you know, almost 10,000 subscribers on YouTube and, and about 3,000 subscribers on my personal Rumble channel. And I get better engagement out of my 3,000 on Rumble than I do out of my 10,000 on YouTube. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it just goes to show you what's going on, but I'm not going to stop posting over on YouTube just because I don't like them. I'm going to wait for them to tell me I can't do it anymore. Uh, you know, and uh, same with TikTok, same with Instagram, same with yeah. Facebook, you know, same with X. I'm not going to stop until they tell me you're not allowed. And I'll be upset when they tell me I'm not allowed. But I know that at least there is a there is a platform. This isn't 2020 or 2016 or that time period in between then where there was nowhere to go, where if you lost your Twitter, that was it. You know, we do have truth. We do have Getter. We do have yeah. Rumble. We do have, you know, uh, so many of these Gab, if you use that, other platforms that you can use um, that will support you and that will not take your content down. And you're seeing that. I mean, your Rumble account hit a thousand uh, subscribers very, very quickly. I was faster yeah. than mine did, you know, and it was, it was, it was, it's been, it looks really like it's, it's working out well for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, you know, they said, you know, I, I might be paying for my storage there right now. I don't know. It's getting close. <laughs> Anyway, so on that, so that's the freedom of speech part. And then the other thing that you see, and we're seeing that attacked a lot um, all over the place. And that, that kind of goes with a lot of what we've covered so far, actually, um, is, is just the suppression of speech and the censorship, the control of information, same thing. Um, and then the other thing is the Second Amendment. Did you see the video of the New Mexico governor uh, basically telling uh, everybody that, hey, man, I can declare emergency powers and suspend your rights because no constitutional right is absolute. Um, let's comment on that a little bit before uh, we do that. Let's, let's take a look at the video. Hang on. On any street corner in too many cities in New Mexico, there is someone with a gun sticking out of their waist or their belt. And I'll tell you, if you're, if you're a young person, you're not allowed to have a handgun. Well, it's a crime already. I got it. But we won't be able to arrest all of them. So imagine, just in, 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 a, in a perfect world, if this was upheld, it gives all of these police officers the ability to focus on the real criminals. Last follow-up. Yeah. You took a, but your point is valid. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carry license? With one exception, and that is... If there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on... Uh, that is so tyrannical. They found in COVID that they could declare an emergency and just basically be these little dictators. These governors got just they got power hungry some of them um i don't even know what to say i mean she says that well we can't arrest them all so therefore let's let's take let's suspend the, the second amendment rights from everybody it's ridiculous right it is ridiculous and something it's something that i said in september of 2021 i'm actually trying to find the tweet right now but i i, I think i i called it word for word what they were going to say here it is i i tweeted this september 2nd 2021 and i quote the Democrats are going to call gun violence the next, quote, public health emergency and use every power grabbing precedent they set during COVID to take your guns away. Pay attention. She literally did that. And that's yeah. always been the play. COVID was not a public safety thing. We know that now. A lot of us knew that then. 
It was not a public safety thing. It was always a conditioning exercise and a control measure and a precedent setter. It was always, well, let's see how many precedents we can set. Let's do lockdowns first. Now we're going to force you all into a mask because it's a public safety thing, public health uh, emergency. All right, you, you, we, we've set the precedent to require masks. Now we're going to require vaccines so that you can't go in and eat or you can't go in and work or you can't be a firefighter or you can't fly on an airplane or you can't go yeah. across the country or you can't compete in a tennis tournament like Novak Djokovic, right? Um, you know, it was always a control thing. It was always a precedent thing. And that's all COVID was about. And that just proves it. Now, I find funny that uh, you have prominent gun control Democrats using the exact same verbiage as the New Mex- uh, 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 as each other in, in reaction to the New Mexico governor's tyrannical overreach here, unconstitutional overreach. Ted Lieu, you know, Ted Lieu, guy's a total clown, says, yeah. I support gun safety laws. However, this order from the governor of New Mexico violates the U.S. Constitution. No state in the union can suspend the federal, the federal constitution. There is no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the U.S. Constitution. And then remember uh, David Hogg from Parkland, the Parkland shooting? Oh, yeah. Here he is. Now, remember what I just read about Ted Lieu? Here's David Hogg. I support gun safety, but there is no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the U.S. Constitution. Ted Lieu said the same thing. So the talking points are out. The talking points are out. Something must not be polling well with Democrats if yes. these two people are saying the exact same thing about the exact same uh, you know, issue with the exact same words. Something must not be right. I don't know what it is. Maybe they feel like there's more gun lovers in this country that they realize that they wouldn't be able to do this this often or this soon. Um, but I find it strange when whenever the left, their their mouthpieces use the exact same words, it's mm-hmm. always something that I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm in Washington, man. And, and we have, I mean, our governor went totally off the rails with COVID. And I think we, we were the first state to lock down. We were the last one to open up. We all knew that was going to happen uh, because the guy's just a, he's a tyrant. And he, um, but, but so far, no new mandates have come from him. And I, I was sure once the COVID buzz started hitting again, that he would, he would be the first to start locking things down or, or put masks back on or something like that. And he's just been silent. So something about that is not polling well. He's not running for re-election. The attorney general here is, who's who's just as bad. In fact, I think he's worse because Governor Inslee, I think, is just dumb. And whereas the attorney general, Ferguson, I think, has been pulling more of the strings. And he's not dumb. He's smart, which makes him even more dangerous. Um, but, uh, yeah, something's not – you can – something changes sometimes in the – like you said, when they all start spouting the same thing, particularly if it doesn't go with what they normally do. I mean, David Hogg, that guy has been trying to grab guns since the day he lied about being at that shooting. And, um, yeah. and he's been, he's been grifting off of it ever since. So, um, yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't seen that. So I'm, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I saw it on, on Twitter yesterday in reaction to, um, to this New Mexico governor. And, 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 and like you said, I think you pointed out something interesting. There are, there are some liberal actors in this entire scheme that are dumb, just idiots. AOC, I think yeah. is an idiot. Maisie Hirono is an idiot. And then there are Eric Swalwell is an idiot. And then there are people who they're not stupid. They're actually so smart that, that, that you could tell these people are actually like devious and malicious, like an Adam Schiff, uh, like a Maxine Waters, um, mm-hmm. a Nancy Pelosi, 
you know, uh, some of these some of these actors, your attorney general, um, some of these people are actually doing it out of malice. Gavin Red. is one of them. Uh, oh, yeah. Just doing this out of malice intentionally to hurt people, intentionally to erode our rights, because they know that with every every right that they can get away with calling not absolute as uh, as the governor of New Mexico just said, which is completely ridiculous. But for every right they can do that to and say that and people go along with, it gives them a tighter cling to power. And, and that's what they want. All they yeah. want is power. Their greatest fear is losing their power. So they want to cling to it as long as they can. Yeah. You know, when I saw that, the, my first thought was, how does a state governor suspend a national constitutional right? I don't even know how that's legal. And I hope that there are calls, I guess, to remove her. I don't know what the process is there or if she's even uh, that popular or not. New Mexico has been pretty blue for a while. But um, but what we need is to change that in 2024. And so it, it if we can shift gears and let's talk about that, because I think it's important. I think that if we don't, if we, if, if we have to go through another four years of what we currently have, um, this country will not be recognizable. And it really, it really worries me that, um, you know, the level of the level that they're going to, to try to get rid of Trump. I'm a huge Trump supporter. Um, I know you are too. And, mm -hmm. and, and it, that's exactly, he's the guy that people need right now. I really think he learned a lot his first time going in. He can go in this time and then just kick butt and take names and um, and not have to worry about getting reelected. He could just go in there and be a one-term president and get her done. Um, but I also look at like Vivek Ramaswamy because um, he's become somewhat of a topic. I I like the guy. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to vote for him, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to him. And, uh, it, but shouldn't he be, part of the conversation. I, I just see so many people that are on the conservative side, primarily that are resistant to receiving any information that doesn't come out of the mouth of Trump. And it's just, it's bizarre to me. Don't you think if I a do. guy is an American first Patriot, shouldn't he, he's, he's earned a spot at the table, right? I do. I do think that I hundred percent think, first of all, we're supposed to be the party of the diver, of diversity of thought. We're supposed to be the party that values the free and open flow and marketplace of ideas. I still think that's what we are. Um, I know that there are a ton of people who, as you said, will not listen to anything that comes out of anybody else's mouth but Donald Trump, and I think that's wrong. Um, I think we need, to, we need to take one step back and just look at it and say, okay, Trump may not have said it, but that's still a good idea, right? Um, when Ron DeSantis, for instance, said that he was in favor of using deadly force on the southern border. I'm not voting for Ron DeSantis in the primary. I'm voting for Donald Trump. But I still think that's a good idea. You know, I, I've been I've been even the coming coming out. I've been saying it. Why is the military not enforcing our borders? Why is military aid going to other countries to enforce their borders like Ukraine and not enforcing our borders here in the United States? So I support sending the military to the southern border and threatening the use of force down there to slow what we called before a very dangerous flow of illegal immigration down there on the southern border. And when it comes to a guy like Vivek Ramaswamy, of course, he's not above criticism. Nobody is above criticism, not even Donald Trump, which infuriates people also. because like, how dare you criticize him? Well, what do you mean? He's a human being. We're all imperfect by nature. Yeah. There is no perfect person. Therefore, they are all subject to criticism where it applies. Now, what they're, what people seem to be doing to Vivek unfairly is they're criticizing him over things that didn't happen. 
this whole Soros thing. Uh, <laughs> I did a whole it, show it, on it, dude. I, 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 I see. I see what you have to deal with on Facebook with that, and I love your audience, and I know you do too. I have the same problems in some of my live chats. So I say Vivek Ramaswamy, and it's and it's it's like a Soros waterfall in the chat, and I'm just like, hold on. I understand the last name of the person who he got a fellowship from. His last name was Soros, but his first name wasn't George. His name is Paul. He's his estranged brother, which means they don't talk. And oh, by the way, Paul Soros right now isn't alive. Okay. Right. Now, I went, when he was awarded the scholarship, I think it was what in 2013 or 2014 or, or a little yeah, earlier thir- than that. Yeah, I think it was 2013. Yeah. Paul or was 2011. Still alive. I think it was 2011 because uh, Paul died in 2013. I think so that's I guess what it was. It was, was, it was a 2011 yeah. scholarship. Because he w- it was 12 years ago, and he's 36 or 37 now, and he was 24 or whatever it was then. I got to be honest with everybody. And I, I, I'm, and I, I know everybody's going to look at me and go, oh, it's a stupid excuse. But you know I'm right, and you know I'm right about you too. When you were 24, you did not know who these big, bad political actors were. When I was 24, I didn't – and look, I'm only five years younger than a guy like Vivek Ramaswamy. When I was 24, I didn't know who George Soros was. I didn't even know really who any of my local politicians were. Well, you know why? Because I was 24. And the names that I was the names that I was familiar with was Captain Morgan, Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, Jameson. I knew all those yep. people. I knew them very well. And I'm not saying that's the right way to live. What I'm saying is if you were a guy, oh, but he made a million dollars. All right. Well, you know what? Did he was it were they, was it liquid? Was it was he available to spend it? And if you're given like however much he was given to attend law school. You don't know who these people are. It's not coming from George Soros, number one. You don't know who these people are, number two. Are you just going to sit there and let somebody throw $50,000, $250,000, whatever it was, at you and say, nah, keep it. I want to spend my own money. Of course not. You're going to take no. it. You're going to use it to go to law school. I mean, right? it, it just – and there's there's that. There's the he's Obama 2.0. We could – let me just be honest with you. We could only be so lucky that a young, charismatic Republican – does to this party what Obama did to the Democrat Party. Right. We could only be so lucky that this guy comes in here and is saying all of these America first things, and he winds up coming in there and going balls to the wall, you know, super populist America first, and actually ignites a fire in the Republican Party to fight like the Democrats fight, because that's what Obama did for them. Now, I don't want him to be a wolf in sheep's clothing that's going to sell us out, and I don't know if that's who he is yet. And anyone who tells you that they know that's definitely who he is, they're lying. I say, listen to him. That's all I say. Listen to him. If he says things that we don't like, we criticize them. We can talk about them. We can debate them. If he says things that we do like, we can say, that sounds like a very good idea. Here's why we're playing from ahead with Vivek Ramaswamy right now. This is a great position that we're in because all of us who support Trump hear his ideas and go, those are great, but he's just telling me everything I want to hear. Perfectly fine. We have four years to make up our mind as to whether or not he's going to be our guy. We don't have to worry about him right now. So let's not sh- let's not push him away. Let's push a guy who is as young and as vibrant and potentially as good for our party and our movement as as he says he can be. Let's keep him at arm's length. Let's look at him. Let's let's make sure that we're not pushing away potentially a good thing and also not welcoming in a bad thing. We yeah. have the time to look at this guy. I like a lot of the things that he says. I disagree with some of the things that he says. I know that he came out in favor of vaccines. So did Donald Trump. 
I know that he came out in favor of masks. So did Donald Trump, you know, back mm -hmm. in, in those early phases. Because we didn't know. Everybody did. Who yes. knew? Nobody yep. knew. Anybody who's telling you they know one way or the other about Vivek, I can't tell you that he's the best guy or that he's going to be a great choice in four years. But I also, in the same respect, can't tell you that he's going to be a horrible choice in four years. Nobody knows one way or yep. the other, ironclad 100%. And anyone who says that is lying. So yep. I think we all need to take a step back with Vivek. Let's watch him. Let's listen to him. If there are red flags, we'll point them out. If there are nice, good green flags, we'll point them out. We have four years to figure out if he's legit. We don't have to worry about it right now. And He's still young. This is probably not the only time he's going to be involved in the process. But I think he should at least be a part of the conversation because that's what our party and our movement is supposed to be about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, even uh, even Trump is – he has a lot of nice things to say about him. Um, he never yeah. has said anything bad about him. And in fact, when he was asked um, on, uh, I forget what show it was, but he was asked about, you know, vice president and, and whatnot. And the uh, big name came up and, and he said, he didn't say anything about vice president. He says, I think he could be something, you know, alluding to, you know, maybe a high level cabinet position. Maybe he comes in as some sort of, uh, you know, czar and he's in charge of dismantling the FBI or, or, you know, put him on a, a special projects type person um, where he can, do some of the things that he wants to do and really get him done. Cause I think he'd have more influence there and also probably learn more with Donald Trump than he would as a vice president. I mean, vice presidents are place keepers, right? They're not, um, they go around and do, do silly stuff like Kamala does. And, uh, right. so it, it's, it's, I, I just, the, the, the reasons that people use are the, is what blows me away the most is like, yeah. um, Oh, he's, he's too well-spoken. He's too articulate. Uh, he, he's too successful. Um, you know, the, the, the he's, he's just a, he's just another rich guy. Uh, he's too positive. And, and it's like, and I listen to these reasons and I'm going, when did these become bad personality traits? Right. They say, well, I'm always cautious of somebody telling me everything I want to hear. By the way, I come from a sales background. Me too. Okay. Like Same. I understand that. Right. But what would you like? Would you like him to say everything you don't want to hear? Then you're going to call him a rhino, right? I mean, so mm -hmm. it's either like, oh, well, he knows what we want to hear, so he's saying everything that we want to hear. Okay. Um, you you have the right to be kind of cautiously optimistic or kind of like, whoa, who is this guy? Came out of nowhere, young, good smile, kind of, you know, successful, well-spoken, articulate, saying everything I want to hear. Let's see. Like, he seems to be too good to be true. Fine. Yes. But – what would you what would your approach rather be? Would you if, if he because if he came out and said everything that we wanted to hear, but like, yeah, we should send military aid to Ukraine, then you're going to be like, well, no, that's not what I want. And then you're not going to mm -hmm. vote for him then. So it's like you can't put these candidates in a position where they can't win. Right. Like you have to at least understand like it, it, DeSantis for years, the first three years of his term. Did everything we would want to do as the governor of a state, yeah. I think. He's a great governor. You know, great governor. Said everything, mm -hmm. said everything that we would say. You know, he treated the media like crap. He used to break their balls all the time. It was amazing, you know. Um, and then he made the wrong decisions when it comes to who to get in bed with and running for president too early and et cetera, et cetera. But Ron DeSantis told us everything we wanted to hear. We loved it. And he was a fantastic governor. It's not like he said things and did nothing, like almost like a kind of Greg Abbott sort of does in Texas a lot. You know, he, he, he says things and then he does things. With Vivek, I don't know why that's been turned into a negative other than – People think that he could steal votes from Trump and they're not ready for that yet. That's a silly reason. Just understand, we're not voting for him. Just because we say yeah. something good about him, I'm not voting for him. 
I like yeah, him. I think he's a I think he's a, a cool voice in the movement. I think he's an interesting character that we should look more into and look at and and evaluate and figure out if he's a part of our future plans. But I'm not voting for him. And I think we're still allowed to compliment people. Look, look, we always talk about sports, right? Like, I hate Tom Brady, the quarterback, but I have respect for him as an NFL football player because he yeah. was incredible. How can you not? Yeah. I mean, I'm a Jet fan. I've seen him do it, right? I, I know this, right? It's like, it's like I I don't like the fact that he kept beating us, but I respect how good he was. And so I could say He's not my favorite football player because he kicked the crap out of my team, but he's the best quarterback that I have watched ever because that's just simply the truth. It doesn't make me less of a Jet fan for saying that. He was great. I mean, that's yep. just it. And I think not – and it's not just – it's not just Trump people that, that bash him. I mean, that goes both ways. I recently, I couldn't believe it. I, uh, I was in this, uh, the, they group on, on Facebook and I was one of their top contributors because I, I got a lot of interaction on things I posted there. Cause I've done a lot of research and studying on, on Vivek. And, uh, so I had a lot of good stuff to, to add. I made a post that said, look, here, here's, here's a thing from Vivek. I love him. And, and then I think I ended it with, you know, but I'm, 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 voting for Trump, but I love what Vivek does. They kicked me out of the group because, Oh my gosh, because I wasn't an echo chamber for only Vivek because I mentioned Donald Trump and I'm like, you guys are so, you, and it, it, Oh, Christians for Vivek 2024. I'm going, Oh, that's real Christ-like of you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't right, believe right. it. Um, no, it's crazy. And there's, and this is what the problem see with our movement. And this is what everyone talks about the infighting, right? I love primaries. I think they're good. But when it turns into stuff like this, where like if you don't say 100% of what has to be said, you can't be a part of the conversation, that's what we don't need. Okay. You yeah, want to Bongino cautioned this? against that on his show just the other day. Bongino brought that exact thing up. And, yeah. um, you know, primaries can get heated and, and they can get, uh, and that's good. Uh, but then he cautioned exactly what you're we saying. You can't is, atomize like that. You can't atomize. You can't, well, okay, you're in a Vivek group and you are very supportive of him, but you are making your point clear that like, Hey, I like this guy. I like the future, but I'm I'm going to vote for Trump this go around. Well, if you can't say that, then that group of people is no better than the left, and that goes for every Agreed. group. That goes for if you're if you're MAGA 100% Donald Trump, if you're a DeSantis supporter, if you're a Vivek supporter, if you like Chris Christie, all five of you. I don't know what you guys are doing still, you know, but you know all of those things. It, we can't get atomized like that we have to realize like I've, I've talked to several and this is again on on both sides i've talked to several trump supporters i will never vote for ron i've talked to several DeSantis supporters i will never vote for trump i'm like well the, the overwhelming likelihood is that one of those two men are going to be president and we're all going to have to try and make sure that the democrats aren't in control for four more years and yeah. anybody who sits out the election and decides that they're not doing it because their guy lost and that's the only reason why is not helping the cause. If you played, it's like if you played baseball, okay, and you were standing on third, one out, the guy at the plate hits a nice deep fly ball in the outfield, and you just decided, no, I'm not scoring on this play because I don't want to give that guy at bat an RBI. And so you take a yeah. run off the board. You're not helping the case. You're no. not helping your cause. And that's no. what a lot of people are doing right now. We got to relax with that. Yep. And circle the wags. I mean, whoever the eventual nominee is, um, I mean, I, I'm not a big 
DeSantis fan after seeing what he's done with his with his campaign. Um, I think that I don't know how you could run a worse campaign and his social uh, influencers he has out there are just ruthless and they're they sound they sound stupid. They just sound stupid. And and uh, but having said that, if he is the eventual nominee, I would plug my nose and pull the lever for him on Election Day 100 times out of 100. And because um, what's the alternative? You know, another another four years of of, you know, Swiss cheese for brains in the White House. No. I, I, it, it, we can't let that happen. We've got to get behind whoever it is. Hopefully that's Trump. Uh, he's obviously the leader. He's still involved in the biggest witch hunt in history. It continues to this day. Um, and, it, it, you know, weird things can happen, man. It's a year. It's a year plus out to Election Day. And. Uh, you know, what if, God forbid, he does end up in prison or under house arrest? What if they get one of these charges to stick, not only at the initial uh, proceeding, which I'm, I think some of them will will bring in some guilty verdicts that won't hold up to appeal. But what if they do? Um, right. You know, then what? I mean, you, you can't just say, well, then I'm not going to vote. That Why would you do that? No, you can't do that. You have, we, we need everyone to participate in this election. Um, and, and because if not, the alternative is what we're living through now for another, from this point forward, six more years, we can't endure it. We just, we're not, the nation will not be able to survive. You know, it's, there are people chomping at the bit for another four more years of Joe Biden, foreign adversaries chomping at the bit. China's licking their lips, you know, Russia, I'm not really afraid of Iran though, with the power to have nuclear weapons. Those people, no, I don't think so. Those people to be racist. (laughs) I say that regime is out of its mind. If yeah. they get their hands on nuclear weapons, what they're going to do, you know, it, yeah. it's we, North Korea. Right. We need do we need this going on right now? Even Russia, too. I mean, Putin will be emboldened even more to create yeah. more problems over there. Yeah. You know? Trump so, had that. Trump had that handled, man. He, they, they, they either respected him or they were they were scared of him because he was unpredictable. I don't know what. Um, and effectively been wild. Of, Think Nolan yeah. Ryan. Right. You don't crowd right. the plate with a guy who throws 100, not, let alone a guy who throws 100. And it might wind up in your ear. He was effectively wild. Yeah. And I think that's what peace through strength essentially was through that with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and we need to unite and then conservatives, cause when we unite, man, we've proven it with these, uh, look at the, the voice that conservatives had and the effectiveness of the boycotts speaking with your wallets for companies like, uh, target and, and Anheuser-Busch. And I mean, they've been extremely successful, far more effective than any boycott I've seen the, the, the left try to try to put out. Um, they do cancel culture. I don't think that's the same. I think a boycott is completely different than than cancel culture. I'm not trying to destroy someone personally and their family by boycotting a corporation. Um, whereas the you know the extreme commie Democrats they they want to destroy the person, his family, his ability to earn an income. That's uh, two completely different things. I don't I don't I don't get that. You know? Yeah, I mean the boycotts that we've shown the boycotts are. Yeah, I went to oh, right wing boycotts don't work and they don't last. Um, Bud Light is in serious trouble. Anheuser Busch is in serious trouble. Um, you know what? Anheuser Busch as a company is going to continue to live on. That's fine, but they're selling off eight to ten beer brands. Bud yeah. Light has lost shelf space. Retailers. Target is dealing with a half a billion dollars in retail shrink and decreasing sales. They may be the next Kmart. You know, I mean, these are these are real world consequential problems. These are real material disney disney's lost half a billion dollars in quarter three fiscal year 2023 disney right i mm-hmm. mean 
These are real material losses that are being felt because of these ridiculous ESG scores and let's do this and virtue signal that we have trans little mermaid and, you know, the lion King is the lion. They, them person of royalty. Like it's uh, it's, it's becoming like ridiculous and people are just, they just don't want to see it. You know, I always yeah. bring up Ivan Provorov on my show, the NHL, the NHL, the hockey player. He said, I'm not wearing the pride Jersey in warmups. Why? Oh, because you, my religion, I'm not doing it. You respect my religion. I respect you. I'm not doing it. Well, MLB, when he did that, sent out memos to all of the all of their teams and said no pride jerseys, and they cited Ivan Provorov and said it would not be good for baseball. NHL Gary Bettman came out and said yeah. we're not doing that next year because players that are going to not wear it are going to you know it's going to oh it's going to cause a distraction. What he wanted to tell everybody was that it's bad for business. That's yeah. that's what he was trying to tell you. He just couldn't say it because then he'd get canceled, you know. But the boycotts have been so effective, and they will continue to be effective going forward, you know, and it, there's no disputing the effectiveness. Dylan Mulvaney's face went on the can April 1st, which is ironic, April Fool's Day. And a Bud Where Light has now? been destroyed. Where is he? He went to Peru. Yeah. Yeah, it is <laughs> crazy. Low, you know- Peru, by the way, which has a lower equal deck score when it comes to gay rights than the United States of America. But he fled. He's back now, but he went to Peru because he didn't feel safe in the U.S. So he went to a country that has less protections for LGBT people than the United States. The left will never pass their own tests. Yeah, well, he could have gone to Afghanistan where they throw gays off rooftops <laughs> and stuff like that, too. But right. um, the and I, I wouldn't promote that in any way whatsoever. And the other thing that's no. bad for business in this country is Bidenomics. Uh, and I don't they're, they are embracing this. They're actually, I, I'm surprised. I don't know what to make of it. I'm interested in what your take is because to to see them, they're actually running on the economy and they're putting these numbers out there that are easily verified as false. They're, they're consistently telling lies. Uh, you know, the 1.7 trillion and reducing the deficit lie. It's the employment numbers, the employment rate, all, it's all garbage. And we, live it every single day. I know what I'm paying at the gas pump. I know what I'm paying at the grocery store. And I know that my money is not going as far as it used to. I'm not stupid. And they trot it out there as if it's a great thing. And it looks like they're going to actually run on it. Why? They have to try and run on it because they have nothing else to run on. So what happened was it was so bad a year and a half ago, and now it's not as bad. So they're touting the 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 you know improvement from horrible to not as horrible. And they're, well, this is the inflation's down 30%. Yeah, it's down 30% from what you got it to. Like, it's like, you know, what you what you caused. And then, so this is what they do. They cause a problem, then they fix a problem, and they pat themselves on the back for fixing the problem that they caused. It's like if I took a sledgehammer to my window, broke it, and then fixed the window and was like, look at me. I fixed the window. I'm a, I'm a great guy. Well, I also <laughs> broke it. You know what I mean? So they, only, they only fix half the problem, though, and then say that they fixed all of it. Right, you know? right. So that's that's actually a better analogy. You're right. It's like... I break a I break two windows. I fix one, and I'm like, well, since the windows have been broken, I have fixed fifty percent of the windows. We've seen a fifty percent improvement, but it's still a broken window, and then I broke. That's the yep. problem. So this is what they're doing. Look, they go, oh, we've created all these jobs. You ever notice that how like like two cycles, two job reports after. The numbers are always revised down. It was like June, we a created three hundred five. Yeah, June we created three hundred five thousand jobs. Then, like in July, they're like, "Oh, the June numbers are down to one hundred eighty-five thousand." Now in August, "Oh, the June numbers are down to one hundred five thousand. Okay, yes. so you had you said you created three hundred five thousand, and two cycles later, two months later, you've revised it down 
60 percent are you kidding me like but this is what they're doing these are these are the, this is the manipulation of numbers that they use with covid right they came out oh it's killing all these people now the cdc came out and said what 99 percent of covid deaths or something like that where with comorbidities yeah. so you know something the conspiracy theorists and the science scenarios are saying when it was first happening they said the same thing with earth oh the earth yeah. It's the hottest year ever. I'm like, really? Because our temperature records only go back like 70, 80, or whatever, 100 years. So, how do you know that? <laughs> you and, don't and, know. And that. forest fires. I mean, actually, less acreage is burned this year than in decades. And it's, um, it, but you know, everything's a crisis with those guys. Rahm Emanuel said it. Um, and 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 never they let a live, crisis go to waste. Yep. Yeah. And they live by they live by that they live by that garbage. And and um, when you, I mean, the employment numbers now are actually they were better in 2019. If you want to look at apples and apples. If you toss out the COVID years, all right, and compare what we have right now to what we had in 2019. And I'm telling you, I've done it. And the unemployment rate was lower then. Uh, more people, less or less people were uh, were jobless. There were more people in the workforce. It, it's it, it's uh, and it's not even hard information to find. These things are uh, someone just needs to just brush the dust off and look under the surface. That's all, right? In in 2019, we had more jobs available than people looking for jobs. Yeah. That's how strong the Trump economy was. And that's how well one job paid people, right? Now you're never going to have that because so many people have to work multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have one person working two jobs versus, you know, two people working two jobs, you know, combined instead of one person working two, you know, two people working two jobs each. It's like, oh, we've created four jobs. Right. Well, it's because... Both of the jobs that, that these people have are terrible paying jobs, so they've got to work two. So they've yeah. got instead of working eight hours a day, they got to work twelve hours a day. You know, so yeah. instead of forty hours a week, they're working you know fifty to sixty hours a week just to get by. It's bad. Yeah. So they were. Uh, yeah, and and you see it. I mean, people talk about it all the time. That it's um and and yeah, they're not making the same money because inflation outpaced out outpaced wage growth and uh growth, it doesn't yeah. take a rocket scientist to figure that out the last time you were on we talked about january 6th so i think it's worth mentioning again because there's been some updates uh at that time i think they had just charged uh, they had just charged some of the proud boys uh with seditious conspiracy and um and then we saw this past week uh enrico tario has been sentenced to 22 years in and as a political prisoner i call it and um and I mean, dude, this government, the DOJ, the FBI, the the, the extreme commie Democrats that are in control there, uh, and they're not even hiding it anymore. They're right out in the open doing things that are quite obviously politically motivated, putting people in prison, going after their opponent to try to keep them off the ballot. Uh, you know, all these pre-dawn raids that I see the FBI doing, it seems like every week there's another pre-dawn raid against a, a retired veteran, you know, who's disabled or something like that, right? And they, they yeah, bring in a, a full SWAT team to do it, to take down an old man. It's like, what in the world is going on with these people? It's really bad. I mean, the Enrique Torrio situation with the Proud Boys, he wasn't even there on January 6th. That they said, oh, he helped organize it and he did this and that. It's all This all goes back to the fact that he burned a Black Lives Matter flag and they didn't like that. They were looking for a reason to, to put him in jail for it. Um, and obviously because he was a part of a big group in the United States that people want to tie to neo-Nazis. The Proud Boys are not neo-Nazis, but they wanted, they've been looking to punish him. So they found any excuse to do it. And 
Then they put the case in front of, uh, you know, uh, a hack judge, you know, like we've talked about many times on my show about, you know, some of these judges, Judge Cooper, you know, trying to get in the minds of January 6th defendants and why they were there that day, you know, putting them in prison for thought crimes. Um, you know, George Meacham just killed himself uh, yeah. because of what the government was doing. Matthew Perna, we've talked to his aunt, uh, Jerry Perna on the show. The Patriot Freedom Project has stories all over the place and families that they're helping all over the place right now with regards to, you know, January 6th and the children. A lot of people don't talk about it. You talk about the political prisoners. Yeah. A lot of these people have kids. What do these kids do? You know, these kids now think mom or dad or both potentially are bad people and that they're they're criminals. And really, when what a lot of these people did, like uh, uh, Stephen Andelich, who's been in my chat a lot. I talk to him all the time. You know, is it was in the Capitol for, I think, 90 seconds. Um, you know, not not a long time. And they're coming after him. That He was the victim of a pre-dawn raid. They were at him. Rifles yeah. thrown at him. Well, he wasn't even like dressed. Rifles at him, pointed at him. This is a gun safety guy. Oh, they're all guy, they're fully Steven. kitted out, and they got yeah. They're. I mean, who do you think you're coming after here? Uh, and where was this? Where were these SWAT teams to prevent the shooting in Nashville? You know, and where's the manifesto? By the way, like, I just I can't believe this is what's going on here. But I can believe it because this regime has shown that it's so dirty, um, and that it, and that it, it it likes things like this. Because it yeah, helps well, it, them push the narrative. It does, and it's it's about intimidation. I'm I'm convinced it's about intimidating you and me and any other patriot out there. If you don't walk the line, if you support this person or you uh, exercise your right to free speech, you know what? We might be coming after you next. It's not going to be a knock on your door by a cop. It's going to be a SWAT team busting down your windows, and uh, and and you know what? You might end up in prison for 22 years. So, uh, you know, think Crazy. think twice. You know, think about it twice. So, but that's a great um, lead in actually to. To what I wanted to go to next, which was you were at uh, Bedminster, uh, you got to go there and be a part of the uh, event there, the the for Patreon uh, Freedom Project, and so uh, and while you were there, um, you got to you got to meet President Trump. That's pretty pretty cool. Uh, not everybody gets to shake. I mean, I feel like you're you know, I'm talking to a guy now that's rubbing hands with royalty and stuff like that, but um, <laughs> but. Uh, it, it, it's pretty cool that, that 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 happened, and and then you got a chance to uh, uh, to not only meet him but talk to him in his own voice. And I got a clip I'm going to play of that, and then and then maybe you can help us uh, explain uh, what the Patriot Freedom Project does. But let's take a look at this clip first. Mr. President, the people want to hear it. They want to hear it. Say this, uh, so did you did you know you were going to get the mic or did that just kind of happen so it kind of happened. I mean, we heard he was coming into the room and got close to the stage. And the president and founder of the Patriot Freedom Project, while as he was getting off the stage, was like, hold on. You just you have to hear this guy. And I get up on the stage and I'm like, OK, well, you were know, you nervous? This is it. <laughs> oh, was I nervous? So everyone says in the video and you just we just played it. They're like, oh, you looked so calm. And I was like, I'm glad that's what it looked like, because we almost had a Biden in front of the Pope moment. Um, you know, not, wouldn't have been a very clean ride home. Let's put it that way. But, um, that was almost an almost as great. It's a good thing. Almost doesn't count. Um, but 
You know, it was one of those things where I got up there and I told everyone I, we needed video. I couldn't just hold on, uh, Mr. President. Before we do that, let me just uh, set the scene up. I was like, everyone take your phones out because right. someone's going to have a good angle if we do that. Yep. And so there have been like five or six angles of that that I've seen. Um, and, and that was also a stall tactic for me to kind of get myself together a little bit. Um, and then just just did it, you know, and I'm happy the uh, bigger landslide than Chris Christie after a night at Taco Bell joke landed. The whole room cracked up and he extended the hand for a handshake. And I was like, this is it right here. Boom. You know, and uh, we got a smile with teeth, I like to say. And yeah. and the thing about it is he knows that I'm I'm on his side. I'm obviously at an event for the Patriot Freedom Project, January 6th. Um, and this organization is helping the nonviolent January 6th defendants uh, with legal fees and, you know, fees for their, you know, they're raising money for their families. They're doing uh, right now back to school work. You know, the kids are going to school. They may not, families may not have money for supplies and, you know, book bags and all these different things. Families may not have the money for that. And uh, and so what's happening is they're raising the money and they're helping these kids go to school and they're helping these families deal with the mounting legal fees that uh, are being you know imposed or that they have to suffer through. And it's 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 great work that they're doing and they're special they're they're especially focused on and if you noticed I think on that stage there were a few children behind Donald Trump and what you don't see in that video, uh, which is before I went up there. Donald Trump, and that's not the fault of anybody because nobody knew that was coming. Donald Trump turned around and 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 looked at those kids and heartfelt. He said, listen, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. You guys are great kids, you know, and 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 it's going to be all right. And he was just trying to reassure them because we talk about political prisoners all the time. These children who are impacted by this are also political prisoners. These, these sons and daughters and cousins and nieces and nephews that have to hear all the time about you know, that their uncle's in jail or their dad's in jail or their mom's going to prison and we don't know what's going on. And the, the kids that have been, you know, in the home when these these SWAT teams come busting in with guns, they're never going to get over it. You're talking about like PTSD level, you yeah. know, and you don't have to arrest these people this way. Like you don't have to, you want to take them in for questioning, but why are you deploying full tactical gear, you know, frogmen SWAT teams to these homes and so these kids are being impacted in such a way that it's going to be very hard for them to recover from. And that's one of the things that the Patriot Freedom Project is doing that. And it's not a shot at other organizations. That's not what I'm here to do, but essentially just highlighting that there are downstream effects to what are go what's going on to January 6th. There's like a Derek Evans who has told the story on several occasions that when he goes out to check the mail now, now that he's home from prison, sometimes his kids get upset that he's going to be taken away again. I mean, that's where yeah. we are. Oh my and, God. It's, and, and people don't realize that that's happening. And so uh, a group like that, um, and obviously, you know, being able to host the event in Bedminster leads, we'll show you that this is a credible group that Donald Trump took time out to speak to the, the attendees. And, uh, you know, Jerry Perna was in the audience there. She obviously lost her nephew, Matthew Perna, to suicide. Jeff Clark was there. He's been recently indicted in the Georgia, the Fulton County case. Yeah. You know, Ed Martin was there. Derek Evans was there. Will Pope at Free State Will on Twitter. Uh, you could check him out. He's actually um, representing himself pro se against the government. He is. He has been just absolutely uncovering just major bombshells about federal involvement in January 6th and all of these these different, you know, nuggets of information that 
you know, he'll uncover something and then Julie Kelly will report on it. And it, this guy, Free State Will on Twitter, Will Pope, he's a January 6th defendant. There were so many people there. Steven Andelich just recently got wrapped up in it. Um, and then there's, of course, the terrible story about uh, George Meacham and Chris Worrell. Chris, Chris Worrell had cancer. He was he he just got slapped with a terrorism enhancement charge in one of his cases and was went from having to spend, I don't know, seven to nine months to like 12 to 18. I'm sorry, not seven to nine months, seven to nine years, something to 12 to 18 years in prison. They just, they just stacked up. So he what did he do? He cut his ankle monitor off. He went missing and he still hasn't been found and he's got a cancer. It's just it, it's it's like these are the real stories of January 6th that we need to pay attention to. And that's what they're all about. Um, and that's that's the stuff we need to be talking about, because if we don't acknowledge how wrong that is, they will come for anything you stand for, too. You think you're out of the woods because all you care about are sports or, or finances, cryptocurrencies, trading cards, comic books, real estate, you know, anything. You think they're not music. You think they're not going to come for you. They're yeah. going to come for you. Uh, one way or the other, unless you take a stand and say this weaponization of government is wrong. And by the way, to any of the factions of support in this primary, whether you support Haley, Scott, Christie, again, the five of you, maybe four of you now, I guess somebody probably changed their mind. Ron they're is- taking donut breaks, I think. Yeah, they're they're eating. To any of those factions in our primary, support groups, whatever, there is one common issue. It doesn't matter about Donald Trump. It doesn't matter... The weaponization of government, whether it's over January 6th or it's over social media or it's over COVID or it's over climate change or it's over, you know, uh, cryptocurrencies or anything. The weaponization of government is wrong, period. End of story. If we could just unite on that topic first, we'll go a very long way repairing damage done in the primary and winning the 2024 election. That's what we're voting for in 2024. I'm not and, and that, voting for Trump. I'm voting to end this crap because it's coming yes. for all of us. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I, just a couple of days ago, I was talking about exactly that. I said America first is a movement, not a person. And, right. you know, and we need to, you know, unify on that. If we unify on that, everything else should take care of itself. Um, do you have a few more minutes? Yeah. Okay, we're going. We got we got to touch base here on the Jets because I know you're a big Jets fan, and we need an update. Uh, oh, and go to PatreonFreedomProject.com. By the way, people, a lot of information up there. I think there are other ways to support besides financial too. I think they uh, you, you, they can put you in kind of like a pen pal, and you can write letters to J Six prisoners and different things like yes. that. Show them your support. So um, that's PatreonFreedomProject.com, and uh, and go ahead and check that out. Uh, so anyway, the Jets. Uh, now that Aaron's kind of settled in. And and he's there. He's the offense is installed. What what, what are they going to do this year? Because it's it's going to get start. In fact, are they playing today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. They're okay. uh, playing Buffalo. It's going to be my first. Believe this. Uh, I've been I've been in the world for thirty two years. It's going to be my first opening day, that uh, home opening day that I'm not going to be at, and that's okay. I love I love the fact that I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, but it's it's going to be crazy. And I know all the people that are going to be there at, at uh, MetLife Stadium. And, of course, it's the time that I leave that Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback. If that's what it takes, <laughs> fine. I'll make the sacrifice. Because you know what it also means? I don't have to sit in traffic on the way home or on the way there. So it's okay. Um, what are they going to do this year? Uh, very simple. Uh, they're going to break my heart, as they always do, because they're the Jets, right? Now, I think um, I, I don't want to get too excited. I'm a, you know, I've seen this before with the Jets, but mm-hmm. – 
I got to tell you this, Aaron Rodgers, he just looks like uh, he's been reignited. And as long as there's still ability there, holy cow, this team's going to be dangerous. Um, and and I, I just I just want to see them make the playoffs. Let's see what happens. Because with a defense like they have, yeah. uh, you know, they, they say defenses win championships. It's, so, it's totally true. But it they will Seattle. have an offense. It absolutely did in Seattle. They do. They will have an offense. They will have an offense too. I mean, our, our running backs are stacked. Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall. You know, wide receivers we're a little thin at right now. But we got Garrett Wilson and Nicole Hardman, and he he seems to be an, and Randall Cobb and uh, uh, you know a, a few of these other guys. Alan Lazard, some folks that are familiar with Rogers. Um, you know. There are there are a lot of pieces there. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the Jets. The one thing that I'm terrified of, and it's been happening to Rodgers last couple of years, are injuries. Um, because if he goes down, we're back to, you know, Zach Wilson, who couldn't. He just I can't I can't watch him play. <laughs> but um, you know, we'll see if he's learned anything. Apparently, Rodgers has taken on a mentor like role to Zach. Zach has always looked up to him, so we'll okay. see how that goes. But I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for football to be back. No, they're not playing today, but they will be playing tomorrow. 9-11 game. Uh, last time the Jets played at home, uh, a 9-11 primetime was against the Dallas Cowboys. I was at that game. Revis with a late game interception. Nick Folk with uh, a uh, field goal to put them ahead. You know, and the Jets wound up winning that game after going down by a lot of points. It was in 2011, the 10-year 10, 10 anniversary of 9-11. So it was an emotional night, and they started yeah. off flat, and they came back and won. Um, but – I'm excited for the season. I'm excited to see uh, where, where you know how how it plays out. Yeah, well, maybe uh, Aaron could help Zach out with some of his off-season zen and uh, and activities that he partakes in, and, and it's doesn't seem to be hurting him. It seems to be keeping him pretty mellow, actually. Here's how he can help. He can take he can take Zach Wilson into a darkness retreat and let Zach get lost in the dark and never come back. How's that sound? Okay. That's fine. That's, that's okay. For me. No, you know what? I really want Wilson to work out. I do. I want him to work out because it's great for my team, but I, from what I've seen, I don't see it. Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He He's plays probably for not two the future. Years. I mean, yeah, Aaron's not well, going to play forever, but hope. Zach's not the future. Yeah. You can hope that I can hope. That he he he's he's here for two years. He plays for two years because he restructured his deal. He wants to send that you know use that cap money to 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 help the team, which is like a Brady thing, which is great. And um and then you know who knows if Zach Wilson's the future, that's great. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will come back as a QB coach. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it would be really cool to see how this works. He seems happy here, which is great. Rodgers seems happy, Good. and and he's a spunky guy. I love him. He's funny with the media. And he's not vaccinated, so uh, another another plus one. Yeah, those last couple of years in Green Bay were uh, tenuous to say the least. It was uh, yeah, it was it was almost painful to watch. You could kind of tell he he didn't want to be there, but then he would give him one more chance and and then one You're more right. chance, and right. he gave him two chances too many. In hindsight, it looks like. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, we've gone over. I appreciate your time. You're always super generous with it, and uh, and it's it's cool. I find um, one thing I find about people who do shows, podcasts, and whatnot is generally pretty pretty generous with their time and pretty willing to participate in the conversation, regardless of how big the platform is that they're on. Because I, I believe the same thing. I mean, the more people that are out there doing what we do and talking about what we do and talking about, uh, you know, sharing the information that we find, we dig up and we become this central, you know, we, we dug up all this information, look, and, and then comment on it. And a lot of it's opinion, but the information is not, and, and people can take what they want and, and leave the rest, you know? And, uh, but I found, since I started doing this, I found that to be pretty cool. I don't think there's anybody, there's not anybody that I've asked to be on the show that I've been able to get a hold of that has said no. And, um, 
And, and that's, a, that's a great community. It, it really is a testament to the community. And hopefully it's a testament to the fact that we will all circle wagons on the 2024 um, nominee. And um, anyway, yeah, hey guys, uh, go to captaindeplorable45.com if you wanna check out all his Trump stuff. He, you can even get custom clips and all kinds of things um, and, and ringtones and you know whatever you wanna use it for. Maybe you wanna play a joke on your neighbor. Uh, his, his podcast is Ungoverned, that's daily on AFL TV on Rumble at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, right? 10 a.m. Eastern to 11 a.m. Eastern, rumble.com slash okay. LFA TV, yep. Yep, and then uh, and then also then Captain Deplorable channel uh, is on. Uh, anyway, you can find him everywhere. If anybody knows how to use a computer, just look up Sean Ferris. You'll find him. Anyway, uh, hey, thanks again for coming on, and, and we're going to catch you next time around, buddy. Thank you. Hey, thanks for watching. Uh, that was Sean Ferris. Again, make sure to check him out. He's on Twitter, Facebook, at Real Sean Ferris, Twitter, at Sean underscore Farish. And of course, we already talked about his podcast and CaptainDeplorable45.com. One more shout out for PatreonFreedomProject.com, who's supporting the January 6th uh, political prisoners and, and their families. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. It's always fun. I enjoy doing this. If you've just been listening on a podcast channel or whatever, make sure to check out the video because we threw a couple of clips up. I'm on all the socials at the Nun Report, except TikTok. I don't do that commie BS or Twitter because my original account got nuked. So I'm there at Nun Report. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.